Thank you for listening to our New Life Christian Center podcast. Stay tuned after the sermon for more ways to connect with us. Tracy and I are having the best time getting to know Brian and Sarah more on a, an adult and shared ministry platform. You know, he was a high school kid when I was old. So, <laughs> so I've, I've kind of known him, but, but we are just so blessed to have them here. They flew in on maybe Thursday, yeah. and uh, if you've never flown from the South Pacific across the Dateline, it will mess with you, because you actually can land before you have departed. Just get your mind around that. You take off on, on you know, Thursday at 2 o'clock, and you land Thursday at 1 o'clock. And you've completely relived a whole another set of days. So anyway, uh, you, you may remember his parents. I'll let him tell all the story. But I just want you to pray with me for Thank them as Lord. a family. And, and he's going to minister to us today and just share whatever God has on his heart. Hallelujah. Father, Thank I am you, so Father. grateful to put in the hands of this trusted brother, mm. your people. Thank you, Father, thank you, Father, for what you do through him all over the world, Father. But thank most of you, all, Lord. thank you, Lord God, that you are in him. Thank you, Father. Yes. That you are ministering through him to his family, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Brian, Lord. Sarah, Hannah, Maggie. We just thank you, Lord thank God, you, for Father. that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. All right. Amen. Let us have it. Thank you, Pastor. Wow. It's good to be home. It's good to be home, and uh, for those of you who uh, do not know, uh, I am a local product, uh, born and raised in Ray. Uh, I am the son of Ross and Carolyn Meyer, and um, they, uh, my mom said, make sure that you tell everyone hello for me, and I miss them, and uh, so hello from mom. At, um, before I get started, I just want to acknowledge and honor your pastors um, they are such a blessing, not only to you as, as pastor, um, but the relationship that, that they have with Sarah and I and the time that they spend investing in us in their time. Um, they are a pastor's pastor. And um, we have in thoroughly enjoyed uh, getting on, online and, and being able to talk with them uh, each month. And um, we ha they have seen us uh, laugh. They have seen us cry. Um, the wisdom that they offer, but uh, they are a shepherd to shepherds. And uh, I'm so grateful for your pastor. Um, they love Jesus with all their heart. They love people. And, and, and they love the world. And uh, I'm so grateful for them. You're so blessed uh, with pastors Glenn and Tracy, and, and we honor them this morning. As a family, uh, I do have my family here today, and I'm so wonderful uh, or happy that, that, that we're all together. But, uh, we have been serving down under in the surrounding regions. We are uh, actually completing our ninth year of, uh, since we launched to Australia, and we have seen God work uh, through some, some very different avenues of ministry since we've been there. And so for the, some of you might be saying, who is this bloke and, and uh, what's he all about? Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll real quickly, we've, we've been involved in a variety of outreaches. And Jeremy, if you've got some pictures up there that, uh, that you can flash up there. Um, 
after our, we, we moved to, to South, we spent nine months in far north Queensland. You might be thinking, well, that's the, you know, that's like near the equator. Yes, it is. And so for a big old bloke like me with ed- extra insulation, I found it very interesting. But uh, where, where we're called, there is a grace that nine months later, God moved us to South Queensland. Uh, and we, we found out that uh, Queensland can be a very difficult place. Uh, but in central western Queensland, about uh, 12, 13 hours from uh, where God had positioned us, they had been encountering at that time a drought that had been going for five years. No rain. And, um, and so we said, well, listen, we have nothing else to do. Let's go uh, to Longreach. And so uh, for some of you have, have re- might remember that we had some extended drought relief trips. Every couple months we would head out with, uh, it might have only been a pumpkin. It might have been a box of, of goods, but we were there to have a good yawn. And in Australia, good yawn just basically means a chat. And um, well, their neighbors would come and they would be, everyone would say, hey, we're doing good. You need to go help our neighbors. But uh, being from an outsider, and a foreigner, they felt like they were safe. And so we were able to develop relationships. Can I just say relationships matter? Relationships with your, your pastor matters. Relationships with as a community. I don't know why I'm standing here. Wasn't this morning so good? We've already had church. We could go home. But I just want to share a little bit about what you're, what you're see together, what we're, being, uh, we're able to do and what we are doing uh, halfway around the world. And it's because of your faithfulness and, and, and your love and your belief and your investment into seeing and building God's kingdom that we're seeing some of these things. So what we did we uh, for over a year and a half every couple months we would go out and we would meet these properties where where the smallest property was 30,000 acres uh, the large and these were big uh, the first time we went to the uh, the second by the second time we got out there um, they had to, to destock and so they had the first time they had kept all their best before these are all stud uh, properties and so they would raise um, cattle and sheep and and uh, it would feed the industry of Australia and so there were a lot of raw emotions there Um, after about a year and a half we said listen we've been ministering on a tangible need over here but at some point we have to move them to understanding that there's a spiritual need that needs to some attention and uh, so what we were able to do is we catered food for them we had a wonderful time Um, we we had over 50 graziers a grazier is just a ran- is a fancy name in australia for rancher and we said listen we're going to put on a, a, a we catered some food and said come would you be our guests we had a guy uh who led our praise and worship at the team who uh played the guitar like none other and um i don't know if you've heard of slim dusty um he you wouldn't find him in most church services but everybody in Australia, that was um, where they found comfort is listening to Slim Dusty. And so uh, we played Slim Dusty through, the, through the, the meal. And then we said, hey, for those of you who, and we told them before they, they even got there, we're going to have an old-fashioned gospel meeting. And so Slim Dusty turned into some, uh, some hymns that turned into some contemporary worship. And we started praying for rain. 
and um, not only physical rain, but spiritual rain. Left, uh, that picture you might not see, but uh, 50 graziers came. Uh, we had a pastor in Barcaldon about an hour and a half away who actually um, had a property um, in the midst of all these. He said, you won't get anyone to stay. He said, there might be you know, an obligatory, whoever the leader of the, the group is, you might have two or three people, but just prepare yourself. Not a single one left. Of those 50 graziers, before the night was over, 30 of them gave their hearts to Jesus. And um, God's at work in central Queensland. Uh, the rain has come, in fact, uh, before we got bogged, um, before we, we left um, central Queensland that day, and, and thankfully the rain has come. Uh, we're continuing to pray for the rain of the Spirit. And um, so uh, it, it's been amazing. We've had outreaches in nursing homes. Uh, there was a nursing home that opened up in our community, and so we were quick to get in. Um, unfortunately, there was a world event called COVID that shut the doors to us, but um, we had some wonderful time ministering in nursing homes. We've uh, been able to, uh, to children's and youth ministry. I don't know if there's some pictures there. So there's a prayer meeting there. When we, we were in drought conditions, it's amazing what people will open their hearts and allow you to do. So we, we went into every community center that we could and, and we started praying and we uh, encouraged this was a community this is the town hall in Warwick and we had uh, over 300 people show up to pray for rain and um, and we'll still continue to walk the streets today and and I'll introduce myself there oh yeah you're the preacher guy who prayed for rain I don't even know these people but but God will go before you and his presence will go before you. I love that. Thank you, Pastor Tracy. And, and, and I thought I was going to talk today about the presence of God and, and uh, having a, an awareness or a consciousness of his, his presence in us. I, I think I might go a little bit different direction, but I want you to know Christ in you. This was Paul. It said, this is the mystery that people have been grappling with, trying to, to understand for years and years. But I'm going to tell you what the mystery is. And he said, uh, the, the mystery is this, Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And, and, and so what does that mean? Well, we know that, that you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Well, is that just a prayer and a whim or something like that? No. Actually, if you look at that word, Christ, and I'm not saying anything. There's nothing I have to say today that you haven't heard from your pastors, and you'll get your feeding from him. Uh, but, but I just want to encourage you today. Christ in you, the hope. That word hope is a confident expectation right? Christ in you, the hope, the confident expectation of glory. Well, what is that glory? His manifested presence. So with Christ in you, you can have an expectation of the presence of God. He lives in you always. He's always within us, isn't he? But we're not always a conscious of his presence. And the more conscious we are of his presence, why is it so easy that we feel his presence when we come to church and we worship? Because we are now more conscious of him. But he's never left us. He's always with us. And are we willing to, to have a consciousness that that same presence is, is with us in the supermarket, in, in our jobs, in our cars? And anyway, I won't go there, but um, I better stay on the straight and narrow here. Um, but, but we've had a great time. And so this is men's ministry here. They were having some steak, uh, uh, having a, some get-togethers. I, I guess uh, food is, is an international language where everyone enjoys that. And as the ladies, they like getting together and having some fellowship as well. And we've enjoyed just strengthening the body of Christ. And uh, we've had some uh, amazing, now that's the youth group. We've had some youth group too. And, and uh, oh yeah, you can, uh, you know, we're, we're still kids. I'm just young fella. 
as they say in, in Australia, but um, I, I wanted to, to, to just say thank you. Thank you for giving to the Lord. Thank you for allowing uh, this place to impact nations. Um, and, and it's not just in Australia or Papua New Guinea or, or Vanuatu, Costa Rica, but I'm telling you, your seed is going forth, is making a difference. And, and so we've, uh, this, is, this is some island ministry here. This is uh, in right when we left. We were here three years ago, and, and uh, we went back. Um, and, and from that, uh, God sometimes works in, sometimes there's the wait, sometimes there's immediate. I got a phone call uh, two days after we were got back, and he said, I, uh, I believe God wants you in, in Papua New Guinea. And, and I said, well, I, I'll pray and ask him about that. And um, it, it just re- it seemed right. You know, it, it, doctrine came with, it just seemed right to us in the Holy Ghost. And um, so I uh, was able to get into Papua New Guinea, and, and I'm telling you what, we, we prepared, we were getting ready to, we set the groundwork for some crusades, we were able to minister into some of the churches there. God's moving in the nations. Um, we went up Pacific River um, to, to, there are a lot of places in a dugout canoe, that's a, a tree that's been dug out. And uh, when they, well, I didn't know, I didn't understand their language, the bloke that I went with, um, he, he was saying they were quite concerned. They didn't know if I was going to sink their boat or not. But um, we, uh, we made it up that, man, I'm telling you, that little motor back there, it was churning. But uh, uh, it was amazing to get to some of these unreached people and places that have never heard of the name of Jesus and to tell them that there's someone who loved them so much. And, um, and it's because of people like you that we're able to do these things. And so God's at work. And God is, his kingdom is being established and built and grown. Uh, and it's because of a body of Christ coming together being the body. So uh, we've had a lot of, uh, in Vanuatu, and I'm telling you, the, the pastors in this time. So I barely got back home. Um, oh yeah, I better keep moving. Um, thank you for keeping me going. But um, just real quick, uh, on that, with the whole COVID, I, I barely got the border shut uh, just a couple days after I, I snuck right in. Thank God I didn't get stuck in. Well, it might have been fun being in Papua. Um, but PNG, or most, I don't know how you guys know it as PNG or Papua New Guinea. But it, okay. Um, it, it's, it's amazing. Right now, those borders aren't open to us, but as soon as they are. But the technology is a wonderful thing. I've been able to continue to con- communicate with a, a, a pastor in Vanuatu. Uh, we're planning, he's gotten about 30 or 40 pastors together as soon as we're able to get back there that we'll be able to teach and to train. Uh, and to release into uh, their nation, impacting their own people. And that's what it's all about. Amen. Uh, this right here, when we were, this is a, a Brazilian brother. Um, when we went to, uh, to Australia, we met him. And uh, once we first started pastoring, uh, he said, will you come and, and reach my people? Uh, in Australia, Brazilians, meat work uh, people. And so we started in a garage. This is a picture you can see kind of up there. So I would, I would preach, he would interpret. And, um, and it, that grew, and now they, they have their own place. And uh, they went, uh, Hasinj, uh, uh, they went back to Brazil. And, um, and so that kind of stopped, and they were able to get a pastor in from Sydney who came up and lived in Brazil and is coming up. And that church has grown today. Um, we got a call uh, but what's interesting is, uh, you know, you lay that down and you think, well, that was a seed sown. Um, but, but less than a year, uh, when we were, it was last year, 
the pastor of that church called and, and said, listen, I heard about you and what you've done among the people. Will you come back? And um, so we've had an incredible opportunity. There was an individual in their church who could translate for us. And, and uh, so we're reaching nations within a nation. And uh, Hasenjin Ilsa just showed back up and said, no, God sent us back. We're not done here. And so uh, it's interesting. Relationships matter. It just keeps coming back up. So anyway, that's what we've been doing. Um, and uh, we, we pastored a, a small local church in Warwick for four years. And, and then uh, we, uh, with this whole COVID and uh, kind of, we didn't have opportunity. You, if you were to tell me three years ago that a government would be able to shut and lock every church door in the entire nation, I would have told you you're insane. It would never happen. Yet that's exactly what happened in the nation of Australia. And uh, so we had to find ways to be creative. We went online and, and um, you know, we, had, we were able to reach more people online during that time than, than we were able to reach in a small community. God's at work. Never, uh, again, what you might see as, as, as an enemy coming to attack, God's still using that for his glory. And... Um, and so anyway, we launched Faith Family Christian Center last January online. We had no place to go. Um, the place that we were rented, they had converted that to a high school. And, and now we're in a, a Massey Hall. I think we've got a picture of that coming up. But anyway, God's at work. Uh, the weather, it, it's absolutely amazing. What, what we have is a beautiful group of people who love Jesus. Uh, they live by the word. Uh, they understand the value and, and are learning to be led by the Spirit. They love the world, and they have a passion to pray. And I know that every major move of God was predicated on a move of prayer. And, um, and we're praying. We're praying for the nation of Australia. We're praying uh, for the region surrounding. And I'm telling you, we, we've just gotten our feet wet. God is at work, and we're joining him in his work, and it's been fun. Uh, the church, you, might, you know, I come, and, and we're quite comfortable here. I was just thinking outside. Uh, our, our church, again, um, they had church yesterday, their Sunday, and so um, they already sent some pictures through and said, hey, everything's good, Pastor. We hope you have a good time. Just please come back. But, um, the, uh, it's, it's summer there now. In winter time, I'm looking around and I don't see anyone bundled up, but we'd be in our coats and our, our blankets. And um, inside the church, we got it to about 16. On a good day, we could get it to about 16 degrees Celsius, which would be maybe up into the 50s. And um, so, and in the summertime, inside church is, is uh, between 90 and 105. And um, so these guys love Jesus to come to church. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's been an interesting thing. The, the call of the ministry for us is the whole family. Uh, uh, Sarah and I, we get to preach. Uh, Hannah, she leads worship, helps with the children's ministry. Uh, Maggie, she runs uh, sound and, and media. And um, she's real sensitive and, and will, will come and bring a, a word of the Lord as, as the Holy Spirit moves and leads her. Also, it was quite exciting. Um, that's Hannah um, in, in kids ministry. And, and then the next one would be Maggie um, and, and uh, just delivering a word to the people. And, and uh, it's beautiful to see that God works in our kids, too. Uh, amen. You're not too young, kids. Teenagers, kids, teenagers. When I was 14... Uh, it was my first mission experience. I went to the Philippines for two months. My, my wife still says, I can't believe your mom let you go. Um, two months in Philippines, Hong Kong, China, it changed my life. Young people, if you have an opportunity to go on a mission trip, it'll change your life. 
Um, and uh, I'm not going to tell you you need to do that, but you need to do that. Um, so Maggie, when she was 15, this is her um, that you see right here. On her 15th birthday was a Sunday, and it was her first opportunity to, to preach a full message. And um, so um, I'm telling you, both, God is, is at work in both of our girls, and we're so, so grateful. We met in a community center. Here you go there. Um, th right before, go back to that, that last one. That's the inside. Um, as you can see, it's just a tin roof on the outside. A bunch of, you can see skylight all around. That's probably why the temperature is the same inside as it is outside. But uh, it's a community center that out in the, about 20, 15 minutes from town. And, um, and like I, we've got people who drive an hour to get to church. Isn't that good, Pastor? Um, and, and it's so good. We're believing God to find our own property as we continue to minister the word and reach this community. And, and uh, through, the, through the church, we've also been able to partner with and support other ministries. So I want to tell you that not only are you impacting Australia, not only are you uh, impacting communities within Australia and Brazil, and, and they're reaching out, but uh, we have some friends that we met. And, and, and um, right before COVID, they really felt like God was calling them to Vietnam. And so, um, and, and with a special purpose of, of taking people out of uh, the, the drug trade and drug industry and teaching them a tangible, giving them, equipping them with a way that they could support their family. And, uh, and so we said, we believe in you. And so we, we encouraged all of our, our church, you know, hey, listen, everyone can, can, can buy a screwdriver. Everyone could, could send money for a wrench. And we were able to outfit them with a, a complete, uh, and then we took money that was sowed uh, through, through you all as well and what's come in from Momentum Builders. And we were able to set up a shop, a workshop there in Vietnam. And uh, the mission has come. They've, and, and now they've finally gotten, not the finally, God has opened up the door and the provision that they, as part of them teaching, is, is they go and, and um, for $300, now it's, it's, it's increased a bit. It costs about $700. But there, uh, at, at first, where, where there was a lot of trend, uh, act, or a lot of bikes on the ground, we would buy a broken down motor, uh, moped or motorcycle for 300 bucks, and they would fix it as part of their training. Well, what do you do with all Then They would sell it and try and, and replenish it. Well, believe in God. So at the end of the day, I just want you to know that you have sowed two motorcycles into the, to, to pastors' lives that live up in, in the, he said, there are literally communities and regions and mountainsides who have never been, uh, have been reached with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, there are two pastors who are driving motorcycles, reaching villages and communities and mountains because of your faithfulness and your seed. And so I want to say thank you. Thank you for, for your faithfulness in giving to the Lord. It's your impacting nations. Um, we've we've uh, hooked up with, um, Pastor might have told you about the Bibles, but this year. So what's been happening this year? Well, um, I'll get back. Let, let me keep, keep going. Uh, in, um, in, in May, June, um, through your gifts, we were able to pull that and, and encouraging our church, but there was an opportunity to buy a mission base around Lakonga Swamp in uh, Zambia. And uh, a gentleman who had been leading a mission had um, retired and needed to move to the city. And he said, listen, I, I need, I need to talk to Meshach, one of our contacts there that we've been working with. Uh, he said, I believe God is saying that you should buy my my property and he's like well that's great you know i have no money and um 
And so I said, Meshach, how much does it cost? $951. I said, I think your property's been bought. Because you see, Pastor, he heard about our Bibles, and he said, listen, we're, and as a board and the leadership, they sent some funds and said, hey, listen, when things come that you see, uh, and we got involved with the church people that, that we're pastoring as well, and we said, listen, let's make this thing happen. And so now you've got, you know, there's a property in Zambia, Africa, uh, that, that is a mission base to reach an entire, all the way around Lakanga Swamp. House, gardens, yard, showers, pretty amazing. Bibles for Africa at the beginning of the year. This is your seed. This is what you've planted. Can you imagine a pastor standing up and not having a Bible to preach from? How many Bibles are sitting on your bookshelf today in your house? More than one? More than two? There are pastors, now we're talking about this is in Mozambique and, and into the southern border of Zimbabwe. Uh, we had an opportunity, we've been reaching, we've been working with a, with a gentleman by the name of Peter, I can't pronounce his last name, I'd slaughter it, but uh, Peter and Eugenio. Uh, Peter actually came, we, we have some retired missionaries within our church in Australia, and that was how the connection first came about. This guy came up to, he said, hey, listen, I, I had this thing at night while I was sleeping and, and this bright light, he said, uh, said that I was going to be a, a, an evangelist and that I was going to win people to Jesus, but first I needed to come to you and find out who is Jesus. And, and he said, they said something about, I got to get saved. And, and so uh, Jim and Janice led this man to, to Jesus. He said, I, I feel like I'm supposed to give three years of my life to, to Jesus and uh, to, to, to help my people. That was over 10 years ago. And um, so he, he has been going out into the bush area and he's, he's realizing that there are pastors there who uh, are trying to preach. They might have, uh, hey, can you imagine taking a Bible and ripping three or four pages out and that's all you have? I guarantee you there's some powerful messages that they probably preach off of just a few scriptures. But they said they don't have enough money to buy a Bible. I said that has to change. And so these are pastors leading people. And one pastor, he said that he was renting a Bible from a guy in the village who had found one or something, but he could no longer afford to pay the rent that the guy required for him to have the Bible, and he couldn't keep it. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to put a Bible in that man's hand. And through partnership, together, we're working. There were 40 pastors who received Bibles that had never had a Bible, a full Bible. Some of them had a chapter, some of them just a couple pages. And that's because of faith of the body of Christ coming together. I thought that was pretty awesome. I thought we ought to do it again. And so I, I, I told the church, I said, listen, I think, and pastor heard about it and said, well, listen, we want to get involved with that. And uh, we, ha we had uh, a goal of 100 Bibles. We had raised enough money uh, for uh, uh, 50 of those Bibles. Another uh, partner church uh, who is near and dear and close to your pastor's heart heard about what we were doing and said, I want to get involved too. I'll believe with you that you're, you're 100. And he said, I want to talk to my church about it. You know, at the end of the day, we sent 300 more Bibles to, to Africa. And these are for pastors, and now we expanded it to ministry leaders. And um, they, uh, it's amazing the pictures and the testimonies. We'll try to send some of them back. And so we, we were feeling pretty proud of ourselves until God challenged us and said, would you be willing to believe me for another 500 Bibles for pastors by the end of the year? This was three months ago. I said, 
you know our church. For myself, I said, well, I'm going to lead the charge. And, uh, and so I, for, for two months, I had not had an opportunity to work every once in a while to, to help with this. Am I, is this okay? Um, if pastor goes like this, I know it's time. Um, but um, anyway, God's at work. And, uh, and so, yeah, uh, God opened the door. Faith is important. Faith um, and showing that faith as well. And I told the, I stood up in, in front of the church and said, listen, I've not had a phone call in two months, but I'm believing God. This was on November 28th. <clears throat> no, I'm sorry, October, the, the, the beginning of November. The end of October, beginning of November. I said, I believe, God, that, that I'm going to have opportunity to, to, um, to work and get $1,000 um, towards, because it was going to cost $7,500. And, and, um, and Sarah's kind of looking at me like, what? You know, we're, we're going to America. And uh, I said, and I challenged the church as well. I said, would you be willing to believe God above and beyond your, I'm not talking about your normal budget. I'm saying, are you willing to believe, if God is able to bring provision into to your house, will you commit to giving that towards mission and serving God in equipping these pastors with Bibles? I said, I'm leading. I don't know where it's going to come from, I don't, but I'm believing that I'm going to have $1,000 before I leave for the States, 30 days. That's a pretty huge level of faith for me. But you know what? God answered that. Two days after that church service, I got a phone call out of the blue. Hadn't heard from the guy in, in over two months. It's a blind guy. And he said, will you come and help me? I've got some finance here that the government's given me and, and I need to get some things done. Will you come and just spend some time with me? It's amazing. You know, uh, it, it, the very last Friday before we came, I spent another day with him and I looked at my bank account at the end of that when it came in, $1,065. God is faithful. When, 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 when you will commit to building his kingdom, he's faithful. Sorry. So that's, that's Sarah preaching. Um, part, part of our mandate in Australia has been praying for the nation and, and, uh, and the region. And we've had opportunities to pray for natural and, and supernatural rain. And, and God has worked amazingly. We've held some amazing prayer meetings. Uh, and um, so how about this year? Are you still doing anything, Pastor? Or are you just talking about your past successes? We were locked down. Uh, how many? Uh, probably not the same way. We, we live uh, just uh, less than an hour from the border of New South Wales and Queensland. And, uh, and we couldn't go anywhere. In fact, uh, they would have checkpoints. If you traveled more than 50 kilometers, that's what, about less than 30 miles, um, then you were subject to high penalties, you know, either a fine of several thousand dollars or go to jail. And uh, we're believing, we're, but three years ago, we were right here in the States, three years ago. Um, we had left this place, we went to January, in a time of prayer, uh, I saw myself praying for government leaders and our nation in, our na in Canberra, the nation's capital. Ah, uh, that's pretty unique. January, I was in a time of prayer and those fires started burning within me again. For January of this last year, 2022, fires burning. You've got to pray for, for your nation. You've got to pray for your leaders. And I said, I, I, yeah. I think we were talking with pastors. And um, thank you, the prayer team. I don't know who's on your prayer team, but thank you. Thank you for praying for us. 
Thank you for praying our situation. And I think um, Pastor Tra Tracy, she just went into a, a prayer and she, they pray with us and interceding with us. And that's a picture right there. Um, that is the House of Representatives in Canberra. So we were talking to them in, in January on the 21st of January. So I think that was maybe around the 18th of January, something like that. The tw unprecedented. The premier went on, the premier of the state of Queensland went on and said, listen, okay, we're done. Within three days, I have made a commandment, or an edict or whatever you want to call it, right? She said, uh, uh, all of the border crossings are going to open up. The police barricade, within 48 hours, the police barricades uh, came down, said we were able to travel interstate. Um, good luck getting back if something happens again. But um, and, and so that was the 21st. Our nation's, uh, we have Australia Day on January 26th. January 24th, I really had a leading said, well, what are you going to do about that stirring? I said, I'm going to go to Canberra and I'm going to pray. And so I told Sarah, I think we're supposed to go to Canberra. She's like, when? I said, leaving tomorrow. <laughs> That's kind of how things work in my life at times. Um, and uh, so we packed up the, drove another 13 hours to Canberra, got there overnight uh, the day before, and we got there on, on, and so right before I left, I jumped online and I said, well, how am I going to get into Parliament House? So they have these tours of Parliament. I said, all right, I'm going to take a tour, and I can just pray on a tour. I did that with the White House here. I thought, oh, surely I can do that. That's one way to get in. So uh, I, I jump online, and what I wanted wasn't there, but there was another tour. It was a 28-minute a tour that they would kind of give you the highlights, and, and uh, so I booked in uh, for us. So long story short, we rock up um, to, to Parliament House, and we get there, and all these lights are flashing, and I see this, there's this garage that goes underneath Parliament, and I saw a big blue sign with P. I didn't know any better. Sometimes it's good to be ignorant. Sometimes it's not. Let him that be ignorant be ignorant still. One of my favorite verses that I use for other, never mind. So, um, so I see this big blue P sign, which means parking in Australia, so I went, I, I just followed the road. And uh, it took us underneath Parliament. And uh, of course, there, there's, uh, you know, these federal police were everywhere. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's Australia Day. And, and uh, the Prime Minister would have done, you know, they have a big celebration and, and, and party or, or whatever. And I don't know what you want to call it. A what? And they also have a citizenship. So I said, oh, it's probably, you know, the Prime Minister was here and, and uh, the members of Parliament. Sarah jumps on her, she's like, no. She said, that was over at the War Memorial this year. I said, oh, okay, well, whatever. So we park our car. There was, the, the parking lot was empty other than federal police and lights all over the place. And, and so we, um, we get out, and Sarah, they had to go to the bathroom. There's a bathroom right there. So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, two huge vans come, and these, these guys with little machine guns everywhere just start running towards me. And I just started looking at it, and I just smiled. And so they run straight for me and then turn and run up, and, and I'm thinking, whew, thank God. But uh, anyway, so here's the deal. The, the story was, it's Australia Day, and there's a bit of a clash with First Nations people. We used to call them Aboriginal or Indigenous people. And, and so um, because of, you know, the, the, you know, the white man came in, whatever. And so there was a group of, of Indigenous or First Nations people who were throwing a, a protest 
um, and they were expecting it to be quite volatile. And so that's why all the federal officers were there, we came to find out. And so uh, as we walk up, we're like, well, this is interesting, well, but I've got a ticket, so let's go pray. You know, I, I hadn't traveled that far to turn around and go home. And so uh, we start working our way towards uh, Parliament House, and we get up, and, and all of these guys in, in riot gear and M16s and, and uh, all of it, we get to the, to, close to the front door, and we're just rushed automatically. And he said, you must state your intentions. I'm like, well, what do you mean, state my intention? Why are you here? I said, well, oh, I've come for, a, uh, I've come for a, a tour. They said, we're not offering tours today. In fact, we've closed Parliament. Um, we're expecting this to get quite volatile. And so we've, we, in fact, we canceled all of our tours online. Um, so it's impossible. You're not telling us the truth. That you, you can't have a tour today. I said, well, but here's my paperwork. I have a, I have, I'm scheduled for a tour today. I just, just came for my tour. <clears throat> I wasn't quite that frank with him. I did hold up the paper and he looked at it and he's like, it's impossible. In the history of all of our, our, our IT, no one has ever been able to, to log on for a tour when we've locked it out. I, I don't understand how you could have a tour. You must be some kind of VP. And then all of a sudden, coming down the steps, you see this guy running down. He says, I'll take over. He said, you're here for a tour. He said, I'll give you a tour. He said, I, I've got to be somewhere here, so maybe we'll just take 30 minutes. We're not doing the regular tour, but, uh, you know, I'll take you around. I'll show you around. And, and so the federal police didn't care a bit about us. They were focused on what was happening out on, on the front veranda or the yards. And so this guy, he said, where do you want to go? I said, well, let's go to the, you know, we would like to see the chambers. We, we had full access to everywhere except for the private offices of the members of parliament. We hung out in, in uh, this is the House of Representatives. The next uh, picture is Senate. There we are there as well. That's when our girls were with us that took pictures of us to, to prove that we were there. This guy was with us, told us all about it, took us all around, showed us everywhere within Parliament, was hanging out, and he had told us beforehand that he had some place to go in 30 minutes. An hour later, we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, he looks at us and says, got to go, and he just ran, disappeared. Out the, the, and, and we're looking at each other. We're like, well, what do we do now? I said, well, we came to pray. So we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and, and uh, for our nation. We prayed for our government. First uh, Timothy chapter 2 uh, is, is something that we really believe in. And uh, we were done in the Senate and I said, well, we've got some time and it's empty. the place was empty. We had the whole parliament to our house. So we said, well, let's go back to the house. So we went to back. I was praying under it, but I'm like, well, what good is it just praying quietly? Let's go back to the house and pray. So uh, we went to the House of Representatives and back to the house. And our girls are like, you know, who's going <laughs> to, someone's going to catch us at some point, right? Running around parliament. We were in that. And, and so we went back to the house. That's the House of Representatives. We prayed. God opened the door. We were there all day. We left it. We got there early in the morning. We left at three o'clock in the afternoon. God's at work. And, and, and there's something about getting close as a lever point with your rock. You know, obviously, see, if, you, if you're approaching the Father with a challenge and you're seeing that challenge is bigger than yourself, you're not praying from the right position. You need to wait until you see yourself seated with Christ. And it, God, look at that. Look at it. Do you see what they say? Do you see? And, and so he gave us the opportunity to pray for our nation of Australia and, and for the government leaders. It's very interesting to note, um, before we came, it was several months ago, churches uh, went to Parliament House 
And on the grounds of Parliament House, they were having services. They were having water baptisms. Uh, they held a three-day event. I don't know what all your prayers... You don't always know what your prayer is accomplishing, especially when you pray. Spirit-led prayers are in the Spirit. But it gives God the opportunity to move. Amen. And so we had a lot of fun. That was the, the beginning of the year. Um, is this okay? Uh, this is just, just as, uh, this is us. This is, um, we, we, we have a, a great time. Needless to say, we'll probably be traveling back and forth. Uh, another thing, and so uh, I was praying for our community, and I was praying in, in um, different ways that I pray. So I, I thought, well, I'm going to drive around our community and pray a little bit. And uh, God took me to a place where the first house we were in in Warwick. And, um, and I was dressed, so I was driving around the community, and, and, and as I drove by a house, he said, who lived there? And I said, oh, well, that, and I, the name, it was the member of parliament for Maranoa, the place where we live, one of the largest electorate areas in Australia. And, uh, yep. So I started praying for our member of parliament. He had me go to uh, a, another subdivision or area, and I, as I was driving by, God reminded me who lived two doors down. He had moved his house, the same member of parliament, had moved two doors down from where we were. His son goes to school with our daughter. I was praying for that man, praying for that man. I went and decided I was gonna pray through the aisles of the supermarket, so I drove to the super or downtown. There was not, there was, I drove through the streets and there was not a single parking spot on Main Street. So I did the loop-de-loo and, and came back down. There was one spot that opened up you know whose office uh, it was that was staring me straight in the face with a picture on the wall or of the window? It was David Littleproud, the member of parliament. God was really stirring my heart to pray for that man. I've been praying for him, and I believe that God's open. Oh, by the way, as I've been praying for him, he's the only, he, was a lead, he actually was placed uh, in leadership within um, the, the coalition government. Um, and... Um, he, he's, he's a good man. He came to one of our, our, our prayer for rain um, sessions. And I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for him. And that we're going to be making more trips to Canberra. Um, in May, May 21st of, of this year, there was an election. That member of parliament uh, was reelected. There was a challenge within the party. Um, and at the end of a, a surprise, surprise, uh, this is, he's the only guy who's elected in leadership who doesn't, ha he's a farmer. He's a farmer. Good old farmer. Good guys. We need more farmers in leadership. And uh, I don't know where that came from, but it's true. Uh, and, and he doesn't have a college degree, but um, on the 26th of May, he was elected the national leader of his party. You talk about influence that this man has and an open door that God has created for us to be an influence in his life. So keep praying. Pray for him. Amen. Uh, so uh, that's just some of the stuff that we're, we're doing. Uh, Bibles for Africa, we talked about 500. Listen, how, so how are we going on those? Um, we have 500 Bibles. We have, when we left, um, we had raised $6,562. That funds 437 and a half Bibles. So we're still 62 Bibles short, but I'm believing God. Will you believe with me that every one of those, I believe God's a big 
big enough God to provide that those Bibles for those pastors. And um, and I talked about the missions complex that, that you helped us uh, buy in Lakonga Swamp. Oh, we hired five. This one's good. Um, with, with with your help in partnership together, we were able. We have some friends who went into. Can I say that? A Stan Nation. I guess you already know now. Uh, in Pakistan. And uh, they were able to do a crusade in, in Pakistan. And, um, and we said, well, we want to help. And they said, well, we've got to get the people there. And so what we had at the time, we said, okay, here's what we have. What can that get us? They said, well, you could hire five buses. And, and so we were able to hire five buses that went nonstop for an entire week going. Some of them went all the way out to the villages and brought them back in, and they stayed there for the week. Others of them were short, and so we got more. You can see this is, this is the result of your seed in Pakistan, getting the people there, over 100,000 people. Most all of them raised uh, their hands in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ and asked that he would be their Lord and Savior. Because of your seed, you're impacting nations. And I want to say thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and um, we, we did, um, you also helped with some medical equipment going to uh, back over to Zambia, um, some shoes. Uh, we, we were able to do a water well and missions garden. We were uh, able to uh, purchase an incubator. Uh, and uh, so they're raising chickens to, uh, for their self-sufficiency as well as also furthering the, the, the ministry there. We, we were able to buy a solar pump and, and some panels. Um, they didn't have enough for the installation, so they took those proceeds and bought some. I like their heart. I like the way they're thinking. So they went and bought some seed, and they were raising some rice, and they figured that after rice harvest, then they would have enough to be able to put that in. Unfortunately, they were impacted by drought as well. And so they came back and, and, and they said, Pastor, um, we, we've got to be honest with you. We've, that money's gone. Uh, we had no harvest. Um, and, and so, but, it's, but what it's doing is it's teaching them to still trust God and, and live by faith. And we've been talking about ways that they are able to still reach their community. And, and uh, so we're, we're making an, an impact uh, upon and the, the world I think that's enough. We've had uh, baptisms. We don't have a baptism. Do you guys have a baptismal here? Thank God for baptismals. I was thinking of, of, um, uh, of some of you farmers, and, and we had uh, six people that we needed to, to water baptize. And, um, and I thought, I can't think of anything better than an old horse trough. And uh, so we, I found a big water. I cut it in half. It was uh, eight feet long by four feet wide. The only problem is, is there were these things in the middle that hold it all together. And so when I pulled them out, all the water came out the, the side. So um, I think there might be, I don't know if there was a picture there. We ended up, I just said, okay, let's go to the lake. We've run out of time. I can't plug all the holes. So we went to the lake. And uh, there were a lot, it was a busy weekend, and so uh, a lot of people got to watch us baptize and find out what that's all about. So we've had a lot of fun this year. We're expecting, listen, uh, I'm believing that the nations are going to open back up for us. Yes, we're called to Australia. We're also called to the nations. Uh, I believe that God's going to continue to open up doors in Africa, but specifically in the island nations. I believe uh, that, that we've got an open door right now to, to train and to teach and, and to equip pastors um, to reach their own people. And so um, I, I'm, I'm believing and, and I've talked, I, I shot a, a, a little bit of a, across the bow with the board of our church 
back home saying, I, you know, I'm, I'm not your typical pastor and, and uh, I see that maybe once a quarter I'm going to be spending a week or two in the islands and, and equipping and training and God has given us a vision of how we can bring pastor people in and train them and equip them but also to teach them um, some skills of how they can sustain themselves and, and so there's a lot in the hopper that, that God's at work and we're, we're processing timing on all of that but I just want to say thank you uh, I want to say thank you so much for helping us launch to Australia. Um, thank you for your continued prayers. Thank you for your continued support. It means the world to us. It really does. Um, I don't say that lightly. And, and we have so much in our heart for that region of the world. And, and we're believing God for great re revival in that land. We're also, also believing, though, for great fruit to abound to each one of your account through, because of your faithfulness. And uh, together... Uh, we are impacting the harvest uh, field of humanity. Amen? Um, uh, there's, um, in terms of, of I, I wanted to encourage, Pastor, did you, did you want to transition to another area? Um, I was preparing, Pastor said, hey, listen, you, you, you know, if, if, if you feel like you have something, I, was, I thought I was going to talk about the presence of, of God and, and uh, being aware, having a consciousness of his presence in our life. And as I was praying and challenging, I didn't want to go, but I, I felt like I kept getting back. And so I don't know whether this is for you all or for me or, 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 or what, but I kept changing course. And, and there was a couple different directions that I could head today in, in the remaining time that, oh, wait, I'm done. Never mind. We've gone too long. I'll, I'll give you the abbreviated version. Can I do that, Pastor? Five, I'm sorry. Psalms 34.9. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them all. What part of that verse do you choose to camp out on? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, and most people stop there and say, yeah, I've been through a few afflictions. But the Lord delivers us from all those easy ones. No, that's not what it says. But the Lord will deliver us from at least half of them as we know. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them. How many? All. How much is all? All. Amen. All, but, but, but uh, that's Old Testament. We live in a new covenant. Under new covenant, under, okay. How about Jesus? John sixteen thirty three. Jesus was talking to his disciples saying, hey, it's better that I go. And in, in, um, in, in chapter 15, I love that, you know, that he's talking about you are the vine. He talks about the Holy Spirit. He's leading, guide us in all things. Then he, uh, he says, listen, these things I've spoken to you that, that, that you might have peace in me. In this world, you will have trials and tribulations. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Can I read that? Uh, Jeremy, do you have that in, in the Amplified? Uh, uh, let me just read that real quickly. I, there is a solution to all of our afflictions. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you'll have tribu tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain and undaunted. For I have overcome the world. And here's the point. I have deprived it of power to harm you and I have conquered it for you. I'm really encouraged by that verse. I'm, and uh, I, I've taken great, but, but listen, the trials come, storms come. And uh, the, the news report this morning, they were saying, you know, there, there's a, a, 
a blizzard that's coming, so they say. Uh, at the same time, I think there are going to be tornadoes uh, towards central uh, states where mom and dad live. And sometimes you're aware of storms that may come, but a lot of times those storms hit you in life. And, and uh, as I've gone through, I, I just want to encourage you very briefly. There's, there's three storms. There were, these were physical storms that people are piggybacking off of this morning uh, from, from what you heard this morning. Jonah had a storm. Jonah got into his storm because of his own disobedience. He got out of his storm, though, through, through, uh, through consecration and repentance, didn't he? Well, so, so, oh, yeah, that's it. So if you're going through a storm in your life, it's because you've been disobedient. Well, hang on. There is also, uh, how about Jesus' disciples? Mark chapter 4. Jesus said, he had been ministered to the people, and he said, let us go to the other side. So they started on the other side, and they encountered a major storm, didn't they? Now, was, were they in sin? Oh, I know, well, you, you, you know, you must be in sin if you, no, no, no. Jesus said, let us go to the other side. What were they doing? They were in a ship going to the other side. So that means they were in the perfect will of the Father. They, they were exactly doing what they were supposed to do when they encountered a storm. Well, Jonah got into his storm. I, this is an interesting thing. Just, uh, Jonah, Jonah. He, he went to, he said, no, I'm not going to go to Nineveh. That was his Samaria, wasn't it? He didn't want God to, to, to save those heathen people. And so he goes, he, he go, he's fleeing to Tarshish. It says he goes down to flee to Tarshish and from the presence of the Lord. And then he goes down into the boat. And then he goes down into, so when you're running from God, you're going down, down, down. And so obviously, as, as you heard this morning, you know, God prepared a big fish to swallow Jonah. And, and it says there in, in chapter 1, verse 17, uh, that, that, uh, that, that, he, he, that God had prepared that fish and that he was in the belly of the fish for how long? Three days and three nights. Next verse, chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed. You talk... Three days sitting in the gastric juices of this fish. And finally, after three days, and he prayed this beautiful prayer, and God came, and obviously we know that, that Nineveh. But here's the interesting thing. We always talk about Jonah in the well or Jonah in the big fish, but that was never the story. It was all about the destination. And so the, the disciples of Jesus, they were in this boat, and they encounter a storm. Or what are we going to do? And, and, and so Jesus was in the, in, the, in the lower bow of the boat sleeping. And so they go to Jesus and they wake him up. And, and do you know what they said? Don't you care that we are perishing? These are professional fishermen. They think they're going to lose their life. They think it's over. And so how does Jesus, he says, okay, well, which one? Did, did Jesus get up and say, aha, uh-huh, I knew it. Which one of you guys been sinning? <laughs> who, who here? Because obviously we got a storm. Is that what Jesus said? No, he got up, went to the, to the bow, and, and, and he said, peace, be still. So they got into their storm out of perfect obedience to, to, to the will of God. They got out of their storm through exercising spiritual authority. Paul was in a storm. 
He got, so, so Jonah got into his storm because of his own disobedience. He got out of his storm through repentance and consecration to the Father, right? J- the, the disciples of Jesus, they got into their storm. Why? They were in, in, in the perfect will of God, and yet the storms came. They got out of their storm through exercising spiritual authority. And sometimes we've got to understand, listen, when, when, when we were in Tulsa, and Sarah would show her the iPad of these, uh, uh, of these tornadoes coming. Not once did I say, oh, it's okay, I've got a snow shovel in the garage, we'll be right. You know, each storm, you have to respond according to that storm. You don't respond to every storm the same way. Sometimes you've got to exercise spiritual authority when the attack comes, when you find yourself in a storm. Paul, he got into his storm because of not his own disobedience, but but he got into his storm because of the disobedience of others. He told the helmsman, listen, I perceive that there's going to be great risk, not only of of the ship, but our lives. And and they were more convinced at at the helmsman and, and the guy to make a little bit of profit that they left. Paul got into a storm because of the disobedience of others. And yeah, so he had the opportunity to, to, to be really angry at them. And he could have said, and he did say, kind of, I told you so. But, but it said when all hope had been lost. Here's Paul. He knew he was supposed to go to Rome, but yet he found himself in, in the midst of a storm that he felt like all hope had been lost. It said, that's what the Bible says. When, when all hope had been lost on board. They'd been in the storm for, for, for several days, 14 days. It was, actually, the, the angel didn't show up on the first day to talk to Paul, did he? When, after all hope had been lost. He didn't show up on the second day either. On the third day, the angel appeared to Paul and he said, Paul, your prayers have been heard. Your prayers have been answered. There will be no loss of life on this ship. Can you imagine? Paul had every right to be really cranky at, at, and spit the dummy uh, at, at, at these people who have put him in this situation because he got into his storm because of the, he, he said, we shouldn't leave. I have this leading of this. We shouldn't do that. And yet he was subjected to that because of the disobedience of others. He could have been so angry at them. He could have been angry at God. God, I've served you all these times. I, I, took, the, I took the shipwrecks. I took the beatings. But, but God, this is how it's going to end? But you know what? That's not how God responded. The reason I know that is because of the way that the angel responded to Paul. He said, Paul, your prayers have been answered. All of your shipmates will be saved. That means Paul was praying for for the situation. And and, and even though it was the disobedience of others, he was still praying for them. He got into his storm because of the disobedience of others. He got out of his storm through perseverance. He had to persevere. He had to keep submitted to the Father. He kept praying and and, and said, Jesus, listen, these people, if they go down, they're going to drown. They'll go to hell without you. Jesus, I need more time. He sent him to an island. Anyway, you know that. So I just want to let you know, storms in life, they come. But how we respond to those storms, if that storm's come because of disobedience, God's asked you to do something, and and you're like, no, no. Well, then maybe how we respond to that is through repentance and consecration. God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. 
It might be that you're in the perfect will of the Father and a storm has come and it attacked you and, 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 and these are professional fishermen that says, we're paired. Don't, Jesus, and that's the lie of the enemy. The lie of the enemy says, Jesus doesn't care about your situation and you're not going to make it. But that's not the truth. Jesus got up and he exercised spiritual authority. And that's what we have to do sometimes too is we've got to, when the storms of life come, if we're in the perfect will of the Father and we know that, then we need to exercise our spiritual authority and speak the word and speak to the situation. Amen. And when you find yourself in in, in a storm because of the disobedience of others, let's not be angry or complaining or whinging to God or about others. Let's pray for those. Let's see God move in their lives and you persevere. You persevere, amen? And so that's, um, that's the short version. Well, it wasn't very short, but I, I just want you to know God loves you. He's pleased with you and, and I want you to know how grateful we are for you as a body, as a community of believers. And I want you to know what you're doing is making a difference in the nations of the world. Thank you. Well, I'd like to stand up here and take credit for all the things that Tracy and I have spoken into their lives and help him to become such a great and masterful preacher in front of you. But unless God builds something in somebody's life, it's just not worth anything. And, and the reason that stuff flows out of him is because God speaks, they decide to be obedient, just like the rest of you. And so I'd like to just issue a challenge to you. We're going to take up an offering for their ministry. And, and uh, I, I, I want to make sure that, that you guys as a church hear me, but you guys hear me as well. Man, don't ever leave us out of another Bible project or I'm going to jump on you. Okay? So, so we're, going to, we're, we're going to help you fulfill that because if a pastor doesn't have a Bible, it's a, it's a bad day. So, uh, and then we'll turn our elders loose to help, whatever you want. So if you're uh, uh, just been impacted by this and, and heard what's going on there and, and, and all of that, um, it's because God speaks to people and people are willing to be obedient. So I'm asking you to be obedient today to whatever God has for you. Um, you can make your checks out to New Life. We will give 100% of that. And then because the church is a living entity, the church just like you would as a family, the church will add something to that. If you want to give digitally, you can do that. If you're unprepared to do that today, it's okay. Um, they're still going to be serving the Lord next week. And so you can be prepared next week and we will get that to them. Amen. So thank you, my young man. So we got some extraordinary kids. I, I don't remember who we released and all of that, but, but uh, here we are. And here comes Chad. It's coming. Okay, if you're going to use a digital thing, put Myers in the note. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm a Luddite when it comes to technology sometimes, and, and so I didn't know there was a note place. So if you're going to give online, we're pretty sure God knows how that works, and we'll get it to them, but you have to put Meyer in the note there um, so that we can then separate that from whatever else we're doing. So praise the Lord. It's okay, sweetheart. You can be right here in this, in this hole right here. All right. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to give into your kingdom. And more specifically, Father, to give into the kingdom that you've instructed this precious family. 
We know it's not about us. We know it's not about them. And yet you use humans and you instruct them and they stand up and they declare your word as if they are the very oracles of God, the literal creative words of the Father speaking into the world we live in today, Father, making a difference by your living word. So we thank you for that. Bless, Father God, this work in these young people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So thank you. Make your checks out to New Life. We'll get 100% of that to them. Um, they're going to be standing right out here in the entryway, kind of over there by the trees or something. Pick a spot. You guys can't be missed. It's the two red-haired girls and their parents. So, so anyway, they'll be standing right out here. You can greet them, and we will make this happen. Thank you for your your just obedience to what God is, is doing, uh, not only through them, but, but through you. Um, without, without you, you, we can't make this happen. So, amen. Thank you for listening. To subscribe to our podcast, search New Life Eckley in all of the major podcasting apps. Audio and video of our sermons are posted at newlifeeckley.com slash live, and you can watch Sermon Slices weekdays on social media. Search at New Life Eckley. Our main service is at 10 a.m. Mountain Time every Sunday. Thanks for listening.